Lapcom Communications. Welcome to this episode of the Sunday Schmooze. This podcast series features Rabbi David Vigler, co-host Mitch Zachary, and select guests. Rabbi Vigler was ordained in 2004 in Melbourne, Australia, and spent the next 10 summers learning, teaching, and sharing the concepts of Chabad Lubavitch movement in places like Kyoto, Luxembourg, and Eindhoven. Rabbi Vigler and his wife, Rebetzin Hannah Vigler, have been married for 14 years. They have eight children. Rabbi David Vigler is one of nearly 5,000 Chabad Lubavitch rabbis around the world. Together with Hannah, they work 24-6, serving their chosen community, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Rabbi David Vigler and Rebetzin Hannah Vigler are on a mission. Connect with every Jewish family and share the meaning and message of life as seen through the lens of Kabbalah, the Hasidic movement, and the teachings of the Rebbe. So Rabbi, there's something that's been troubling me that I just want to go with you. I'm hoping you could explain it to me and to our listeners, okay? Because I can remember as a child, as a child in the Bronx, on the first first night of Rosh Hashanah, you know, not the era of Rosh Hashanah, but the first day, at the completion of the first day of Rosh Hashanah, walking with a large group with our Rabbi, trying to find a body of water, that we can do the Tashlik service, and then we would throw bread into the water. And I've heard a lot of conflicting Bubba Misa, perhaps, fake news, about why we do this. Can you explain to me what that's all about, please? Yes, Mitch, you know, all of our customs have uh, so much depth that lies beneath the surface, like the icebergs floating on top of the water surface. You gotta be able to recognize that beneath lies tremendous symbolism, tremendous meaning. This tradition of walking to bodies of water which have fish, live fish in them, and somehow emptying our pockets. In the Bronx, that wasn't always easy. Well, you got the East River. Right. So it's it's about emptying our pockets into the water. We recite a few verses, and that becomes somehow absolving us of our sins. We become freed of our sins. We're throwing them into the water, and now we can have a sweet new year because we're inscribed in the Book of Life. The tradition actually goes back about 3,000 years to an event that involved a body of water on this date of Rosh Hashanah when our holy ancestor, our patriarch, Abraham, took his son Isaac on the greatest test of his life. It was the test of the binding of Isaac upon the altar. When Abraham was asked by God to bring his son Isaac upon the altar, to to bring him as a sacrifice to God, in one of the most famous stories of the Bible, of the book of Genesis. That story happened on Rosh Hashanah, and we actually read about it in the morning service of Rosh Hashanah. It was a test of Abraham's faith. Is Abraham just a nice guy who does kind things and he's just a people pleaser? He wants to make God happy? Or is he going to go out of his way? Is he going to go against his nature to do something cruel for God by binding his son upon the altar? Abraham was displayed alacrity. He saddled his own donkey by himself. He went to the son Isaac and they depart upon this journey to what has become subsequently the focal point of Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, the site of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. That is the Mount Moriah where Abraham and his son Isaac were headed for the story of the binding of Isaac. But the, the, the oral law tells us that on the way to this journey, on the date of Rosh Hashanah thousands of years ago, Abraham was confronted by a raging river. He was unable to proceed. 
Now, what do most of us do when we're trying to do something very difficult, something that we don't really want to do, and then we're confronted with a problem? You know, the, the flight is cancelled, maybe uh, the sale falls through, the, the person quits, a person walks out in the relationship. You know, when you reach an impasse, when you reach a problem and you figure you cannot proceed, many of us would just shrug our shoulders and say, no, I tried. And we turn around and we go back home. But Abraham knew that God had commanded him to bind his son upon the altar on Mount Moriah. He knew that nothing can stand in the way of God's will. And even though there seems to be a raging river in front of him, he was not phased. The oral law tells us that Abraham together with Isaac simply marched through this river. They literally walked through the river as if it wasn't there. The water reached their knees and their hips and the water reached their, you know, their chin. It covered over his mouth to the point that he could only breathe through his nostrils. And when Abraham finally reached a point where the water covered his nostrils as well, where his nose was under the water and now was impossible to breathe, a miracle occurred and the waters disappeared or the waters parted. The reason was because it wasn't a true river that was there. It was actually just a, an apparition created by the Satan himself to try to throw a monkey wrench into God's plan to see if he could stop Abraham from, from reaching his destiny, from proving his faith. Abraham passed this test with flying colors. And that's such a powerful story, Mitch, because in our own lives too, and I'm sure you see this in the corporate world in which you, you live, that we experience problems that we think are problems. But when we just keep trucking, when we just stay focused on the finish line, when we stay focused on the mission, somehow those problems just go away. I mean, I see this in my work. You know when you agonize over a certain phone call? How am I going to make that phone call? And you can't sleep for a week until eventually you make that phone call. You, when you muster the courage to actually make that call, whatever it's about, the other person says, oh, I'm so happy to hear this because I actually had other plans. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and I, and I think you've referred to this before, previously, in terms of figuring out what's the most important thing. And when you know what's the most important task you have, when the most, not task, but goal is, all the tasks, no matter how hard they may seem to reach that goal, are much more easily doable. When you know it's all towards the important goal that you know you have to reach. Exactly. You know, from a corporate world perspective, there's uh, Keller Williams is uh, the, the world's largest training company. They have a uh, philosophy called the one thing. The one thing. And they say, if you just focus on your one thing and you make sure you don't get distracted by the static and the noise and the tangents and, and all the other issues, shuffling papers on your desk, you just focus on the one thing, you'll get there. But from a spiritual perspective, it's far deeper than merely the one thing. From a spiritual perspective, as personified by Abraham in the story of the binding of Isaac, which occurred so many thousands of years ago on the date of Rosh Hashanah, we, we realize that it's not just about focusing on one priority. It's about focusing on what God's wish is. You see, God is the creator of this universe, the creator of everything. By definition, nothing 
can contradict His will. Anything which seems to block us from fulfilling the will of God is actually nothing more than an apparition like the river created by Satan in order to block Abraham and to test him. On a very practical level, if you're trying to increase your spiritual commitments, you're trying to say, keep Shabbos. And then your boss calls you up and he says, well, I need you to attend this conference, which is on a weekend. That is a river that's trying to block your way. It's a test. When you're trying to increase your spiritual commitment by keeping kosher. And then you get invited to a very lucrative meeting with a very strong potential customer and he wants to take you to a specific non-kosher restaurant that is your river it's blocking your way but it's not real be like abraham our patriarch be like abraham whose genetic code we we have inherited march forward be focused on the one thing remember that what is the will of god cannot by definition be contradicted by the laws of this world which were created by god and when you're able to stay the course you'll notice that the problems will simply dissipate your sea will part you've just got to exhibit the faith to the point of self-sacrifice where the waters cover the point cover your nostrils like abraham that mitch is the meaning of the Tashlich ceremony that we observe on Rosh Hashanah. When we go out, we leave the sanctuary, we leave the synagogue, we go on a walk. It's a meditative walk. We look for a body of water to remind us of the impasse that Abraham and Isaac reached when they were destined to chart the path of the Jewish future. What was blocking them could easily have been excused if they would have come home to Sarah and said, you know, we tried. We did our best, but it didn't work out. Nobody could have blamed them and said, you know, you should have tried harder. The message of Tashlich, the message of the body of water tells us that what we think is impossible is only impossible until someone does it. Keep trucking, stay strong in your faith, and all your problems will, 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 will vanish. So Rabbi, can you please tell our listeners um, if they'd like to join you for, for this meditative walk for Tashlich, what time, when, uh, where? So Tashlech, as mentioned moments ago, by, by you takes place on the first day of Rosh Hashanah in the afternoon. So it's typically taking place at about um, anywhere between 3 and 6 p.m. On, um, on, on Monday, September yeah, I think that's right. 10th. Is it September 10th, yes. I think, this year, yeah. which is Rosh Hashanah. And I want to encourage all of our listeners to find their local Chabad at jewishgardens.com forward slash centers. That's jewishgardens.com forward slash centers to find your local Chabad where we're able to see, to connect to the message of Abraham, to remember that the uh, obstacles that block our path, that block our spiritual progress are really not obstacles at all. They're merely just a test of our faith. If you need to talk to me, send me an email, rabbi at jewishgardens.com. Please, I would love to hear from you. That's rabbi at jewishgardens.com or your local Chabad rabbi at jewishgardens.com forward slash centers where you can find any Chabad rabbi within very close distance to you anywhere on the planet. That's jewishgardens.com forward slash centers or my email, rabbi at jewishgardens.com. Lapcom Communications.